0: Welcome to the In Her Shoes podcast,
1: where we talk to real women about their real lives and
0: ask them just about anything except for, What do you do?
1: Because we're all so much more than our job title.
0: Ramon texted me a picture today of an in sync denim bucket hat, and he's like, Didn't you have one of these? That's so random, too, but I just had to tell you that because it was pretty great, and I did have an in sync denim bucket hat. Oh. <coughs> Ashley?
1: Hi. Hi. So today is a very special day and a very special interview because I get to interview you. Um, I'm so excited. Know, I'm super pumped. It is such a big deal to me to be able to kind of show you off to the world and get to intro you before I ask you questions. So, Ashley is a unicorn human being, as I love to refer to her as a unicorn human being. I just repeated myself. Um, <laughs> but she just is. And I'm so, 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 so lucky. Um, I'm not religious, but I'll say I'm blessed to be able to call Ashley my best friend because out of all the people that could be her best friends, mm-hmm. I know she has others, but I I feel like I get a big piece of her heart. And it's just amazing because she is so one of a kind. Um, Ashley is one of those people that is kind of selfless in the way that she always puts people first and cultivates these beautiful relationships and makes everyone feel like they are living their best life. Uh, whether it's because they're having so much fun with her or they can confide in her or they can have a really good drink with her. I guess they could do all of those things without alcohol. <laughs> um, I met Ashley in college and when I think about what made college good, it's all her. Um, all the friendships that I created were, I think, something that had kind of a foundation of our joint friendship, and um, you know, Ashley just made every day so fun to go home because we were roommates together for several years too. And oh my God, what a dirty little house! I love that house. <laughs> so great! I can call. We can actually say what it is because it doesn't even exist anymore. They tore it down. I know. Eleven Eleven East Mabel. That you nope no eleven thirty. Oh, I was gonna say 11.33 when you said no, nope and you corrected me <laughs> which is also <awesome. laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh my god I make up everything you do I seriously I, love it. <laughs> I think I'm my dad I think he does that you might be anyway Um, this is also why Ashley is such a good friend to me. (laughs) She actually (laughs) confirms the reality of my past (laughs) that I can't maintain. And I've never realized it as much as when we've done these interviews and I will literally pick up my past. (laughs) And I think it's the truth. No, 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 that didn't happen. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I made up or, um, We can say this address because it doesn't exist anymore. Well, I don't think it ever did. So I don't think so either. There we go. Anyway, we lived in a real house in Mm -hmm. Tucson, Arizona, with its shitty streets and roads, and that's such a random thing to notice about it. But it just had really poorly made roads, and it was always really um, treacherous whenever there was monsoon season. Um, Oof, yeah. yeah, and Ashley and I just made that place home and Ashley made it home mm-hmm. for me. And, um, ever since college, she's been a part of my life. I moved mm-hmm. States for her, um, mm. so that I could come live with her in the Bay area. And she brought me joy there. And then I had my kiddo and moved back to Arizona. And even so, I think our friendship has remained as strong Even though we can't see each other's faces in real life, actually no one can right now. But in general, um, I still just, she's my number one. I love her to the moon and back. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear about her because you're going to love her too by the end of this. She's just one of the most amazing human beings you'll ever get the the great gift of getting to know. So welcome, Ashley. Amy, I'm going to cry. Oh, she also cries about everything. Now I cry a lot. But I don't think I got (laughs)
0: that. You also didn't like hugging before we met.
1: Yeah, that's true. Ashley is a big hugger. Like, literally, she meets someone it's like, oh, my God, hi. And she just, like, hugs them. And it's, like, one of those, like, long hugs. And I hated (laughs) hugging before we met. I was just like, what the hell? And I think she kind of numbed me out to it. Now I'm just like, whatever.
0: Do you know what's so funny is you're thinking like, yeah, I don't like hugs. And you're thinking about these long hugs. And I'm thinking about how like, I love giving Chuck, Amy's boyfriend, very long hugs because I feel like there's like a piece of me that I'm just like, Oh, it's Chuck. And I love him. And like, he's like a brother to me. Really? Like he really yes. is like, he's like mm-hmm. family. Um, and, but also it's just like, I thoroughly like there's a piece of me that's like I know how
1: uncomfortable he is, and my goal is to make him not uncomfortable by it. Oh my gosh, yes, and I love it because he can't do anything because it's you, and he cares about you. Exactly. But he's also like not like in the realm of being able to fight with you if he doesn't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. I cannot. If I, I
0: remember once I hugged him,
1: and he's like, "Oh, this is a long one." And I was like, <laughs> "Yep." <laughs> yes and he always yeah. like knows it too i think he like prepares himself for when he mm-hmm, sees you he knows mm-hmm. he's gonna hug you for a long time like
0: the first time i see you guys after this um quarantine situation it's gonna be i so don't know long. if you guys are ready
1: for the hug those little hands just mm, ashley has very little hands by the way i do have I know you guys hands. can't see her but her hands are about <laughs> a quarter of the size of my hands <laughs> that makes it sound very small, but
0: Amy also has very long
1: fingers. I do. I have like weird alien fingers. It's like we are meant to be opposites. Mm-hmm. Opposite soulmates. That's another Absolutely. thing. I feel like you are my soulmate. Like if we were interested, uh, you know, had a sexual preference towards the same gender, I really don't think we would need anybody else. I don't think so. You'd either. just be my person. Sorry, Chuck. Yeah. Get out of here. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Oh, so, okay. Let's, let's just get to the very beginning of these little hands, um, how they came into life. Tell me about your life story in a nutshell. Like we were in a very long elevator ride up to like the top of the highest building in New York. That's how much time we have.
0: Okay, great. Um, so, I grew up in California in the Bay Area, um, in the East Bay, um, my whole life. My family's here. This is kind of, like, where my roots really are. Um, I grew up with two younger brothers um, and with, like, a million cousins running around all the time, which I think, like, created this, like, fun atmosphere of my childhood. Um, I was very different than a lot of people in my family and also different than a lot of my friends like a lot of my friends were like playing soccer and like you know I don't know my brothers were like playing sports and I was like "Mm, no not interested in that (laughs) and I was like always like going to dance class and going to this theatrical performance and like playing dress up and needing to be like literally the center of attention constantly I'm a Leo I'm a triple Leo so yeah oh
1: please describe what a triple Leo is um so
0: within your zodiac, oh my God, this is when Chuck's pausing the um, <laughs> podcast as well. <laughs> um, within your zodiac, you have like rising signs and sun signs and moon signs and all the things. And um, and like different parts of your personality can be um, associated with different signs. Um, so I'm a triple Leo and I remember when we were driving with a friend, like in the city once in an Uber, I like, we're talking to our Uber driver and we told him that I was triple Leo and he like freaked out. Do you
1: remember that? Oh my God. Was this in the mission area? Yeah. I feel like we were like
0: with Deanna or something Yeah, like that, He was a very just, weird like, driver. Freaked out. And he's like, you're <laughs> a triple Leo. And I was like, yeah. And like, it was just very bizarre. And yeah, He was having um, his own moment about
1: that. He was like, yeah, he was. Yes.
0: So and i just remember we were trying to find a restaurant because we all had to pee
1: yeah Um, we went to curry up now yeah and i got some weird minty lemonade thing it was good anyway go ahead
0: anyways so random um (laughs) but yeah so grew up here um cultivated a very like large group of like both you know pretty much just like a large group of family through friends like my friend's from high school I'm still friends with like all of them today and I think that's like a really big part is of who I am like those relationships are very strong in my life and like anyways um went to Arizona for college met Amy met like this amazing group of people in Arizona um I really needed to get out of the bay when I was graduating college um my dad had passed away when I was 16. So by the time I was graduating college, at college, graduating <laughs> high school, <laughs> skipped a few years, graduating <laughs> high school when I was 17. You graduated college <laughs> at
1: 16.
0: 16 years old. Um, You're a prodigy. I am in my own mind. No, I mean, I'm you are, <laughs> like socially, I'd say. Oh, thanks. A lot of my bosses have told me that throughout the years. Anyways, that's random. Um, (laughs) That triple Leo in you. Actually, the longest elevator ever. It's an elevator to the moon. (laughs) Um, But but I just, I needed to get out of California. I needed to do something different. I needed to, like, be my own person. I just needed to get out. Um, And then you decided on Tucson. Yeah. Well, my Friend from high school had visited Houston because she was applying for the dance program there, and she came back and she was like, "You need to go to school there." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I like looked at the pamphlet that she gave me, and I was like, "The school is beautiful." And I applied, and then I was like, "I think this is where I want to go." Like, there's something in me that I was like, "This is what needs to happen." Like, I never even had visited the school before accepting. What? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, there's something about it that just felt right because you knew and, like, I was this... calling you. But like, actually, I think that like intuition is like a really big thing that I, I feel, sometimes not all the time, but there's certain things in my life that I know that I have really good intuition on, and when I like feel that, I'm like, this is just what I need to do, and I just like, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it. That's I don't so know. True, I you do it out. that. That's so I true. I do. And like, it's weird, but. Um, But yeah, and it felt really good and then to like kind of do my own thing and I knew nobody who was going to school there and like I think in the beginning it was really hard but then like cultivated friendships and and a community down there and then came back here after I graduated and kind of was feeling like a little bit lost and didn't really know what to do for a while and um, throughout my 20s kind of, you know, moved around to different jobs. Um, I've been at my same job for a really long time now. But also like have always dabbled in like weird other side projects. Like I feel like I'm the type of person where I'm like, ooh, I want to do a blog. And then I want to get into this. And then I want to get into that. Like I always had things that I wanted to kind of do because it felt I always felt like I had so much creativity that I needed to like get out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also feel like I have gotten to a place in my life at this point where I feel just like very, very comfortable with who I am. And um,
1: you're in a a good place right now.
0: Yeah. I'm just in a really good place right
1: now. I love it. And I love, I, I see that I, everything you've talked about, I feel like I've seen this kind of evolution of who you've become and who you've stayed as, and it's a beautiful thing. And I'm excited to kind of go into that process of like what brought you to who you are today. Um, One of the things that I recognize um, and I've seen this, you know, since the beginning of our friendship is your exterior is very like bubbly and fun and playful and light. And you make people feel like they're just like floating on air and having a good time. Among that though, the depth of you is very, very in tune with everything that's going on um insightful and deep and connected to I think people um and understanding their motivations, I think beyond how they even understand their motivations. Mm-hmm. Um and I think when we were younger, you used to really always want to be that like light, easygoing, chill girl, to the point where you would sacrifice your own needs even if you weren't saying it, I think even identifying it in yourself, but now I don't see that. Now I see a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, when your needs aren't being met in whatever capacity, you're still very like cordial and, um, wonderful, like good intentions, um, work through it really well and approachable, but you definitely like own that shit. And I feel like you're like, killer at giving like dealing the hard news but making it work so how did you get to that point where you had that level of confidence where you were able to be this person that um you know was able to keep things um you know keep relationships good but be able to be really honest and confront you know your own feelings and things and make sure that you were satisfied in your relationships in life
0: um That's a really good question and honestly I feel like 90% of that has to be like attributed to my really close friends to be honest like I think that I had friends specifically you and a few other people in my life who kind of like pushed me to recognize that a little bit more because I think for so long I have always kind of played that part of like happy and bubbly and things like that because I think that just comes really naturally to me like that's just who I am as a person um I think for a really long time even when I was like in high school I think people thought that it was like people thought it was very fake like one of my best friends um when we first started becoming friends when we were in high school like told another one of our girls pretty much told her like I don't really know if I really like being friends with Ashley because I feel like she's really fake and like that's just not I don't really get it that's awful and they were like and they're like no that's just who she is and then I think they realize like oh no this isn't a facade this isn't like no that
1: joy is real
0: (laughs) yeah but I think it's like hard for people to like understand that because I am a lot of a person like I have a lot of energy I have a lot of like everything it's like so pink and sparkly and bubbly and like everything is so intense (laughs) all
1: the time um it's just who I am yeah I can always tell if it's like if you are in a not good mood when you're not like that and it's not even like um like how do I say this it's not like you're not bubbly and whatever it's like there's this like flip to you where mm -hmm. you're just I don't know, on a different level, I can't explain it without, you know, compromising this whole thing of you being able to be like this very serious person. It's not that it's like, I don't know, there's just like a different vibe when you don't have that, like, I don't know, pink and feathers and pearls personality. I know that it's something's up.
0: Yeah. Cause I think that's my baseline. It is. You're right. That's my baseline. I think people think that that baseline doesn't exist in this life and it does because that's my baseline. Yeah. So I think it's like when it's not that sometimes it's like people are are like really thrown off by it. And I think for a long time growing up, I almost felt like if I wasn't that pink and sparkle and bubbly person that people would be disinterested in spending time with me because like I wasn't checking off all of their boxes And then I've realized, I think as I've gotten older, it's like a maturity thing, but also just like a growth thing that like those, that baseline's always there no matter what. I think, again, just who I am, but I can also have real conversations with people and like really dive into my emotions or really kind of like set boundaries for people because that's also like a part of me. Like it's not as big of a part, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. Um. But I think that a lot of that is like attributed to people that I have in my life who've like said like take time for yourself, like do those things, like take a break. Like you don't always have to be bubbly around me. Like you don't have to apologize for not being upbeat right now and like things like that. Where it's like I think I had to hear that so many times mm-hmm. and hear that it was okay so many times in order for me to believe it. Um, and then once I did believe it, I was kind of like, oh, I get it now. We love this you. This no is a boundary. What. Yeah, no, and totally, but I also think, like, that I learned that that boundary is also really important so that I can give 100% to people, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um. So, yeah, that's kind of how I feel that I've kind of gotten to that point.
1: I love that. I'm also very flattered that you included me in that list because I'm like, I know we've talked about it, but then I think of myself and I'm like, I'm a fucking hypocrite because I feel like you are – uh, like you boldly have to make that choice. Whereas the times that I've been um, not like a hundred percent for people, it's because I'm like blatantly and obliviously like selfish. And I just like haven't noticed. <laughs> so it's not really like going into that, you know, with that same kind of motivation and like bravery. It's more of just being lazy and mean. And <laughs> I think like that, I just love that you have challenged yourself in that way. And I feel like it's amazing to like be able to watch you grow into this woman who's like so, so, so comfortable in her own skin in every way. And I love it. it just makes me really Thank happy. you. Mm, thank you. Speaking of growing into the woman you are today, who did you think you would become when Oof. you were 17, when we first met in college? who did you think you were going to be right now? Damn near 30. That is so, that makes me feel very old saying that. Right? Yeah, no, we're not. But I just said damn near like the way that you say it, which is the way that your mom says it, which makes me <laughs> feel <laughs> like a woman, not a girl. Anyway. Right. So Um. anyway when you were 17, who did you think you'd be at 30? And who are you actually like, what's the differences that you see there? Maybe the ones that make you happy and the ones that you're kind of like, eh, I wish it was different, but whatever, this is life.
0: Yeah. Um. So I think when I was like 17 and going into college, I kind of had this idea that I was going to like, this sounds really weird, but like I didn't understand people who wanted to go to college for what I thought of quote unquote boring jobs I didn't get it like it didn't make sense to me I was like what do you mean you don't want to become famous like what do you mean you don't want to like do all these things like I had such an over glamorized idea of like what I wanted my life to be I was like like oh I'm gonna move to New York and I'm gonna work at Vogue magazine and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and then I'm gonna get on Broadway I like had all of these like weird warped ideas as to what like reality was because I think I was just like again like that's just like who I am as a person like everything's over the top um so I think once I kind of started to like quiet that part of me like and kind of come down to somewhat of reality um I think like I I kind of like forged this path for myself did I think I'd be living in the bay I don't know I think for a long time, I really wanted to move to New York, still think I might move to New York at some point. Um, It was always like something that I've wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's something that's different. Um, I also think I put a lot of like stock into the idea of like, you know, the whole idea of like, yeah, like being married by the time I was 25 and then having my first kid at 28 and then having my second kid at 30 like that whole idea which I think like has some uh, some of it is to do with like my upbringing like I feel like that was just something that my mom put a lot of um value in so I think she kind of like that was just kind of a, an expectation or like a conversation that was had a lot in our family mm-hmm. um especially it's being like the only daughter like and the oldest like it was kind of like oh this is what you need to do like this is kind of and not like she put pressure around it but it was just kind of like that's just what happens Uh um and so I think going into college I was kind of like ready to kind of check off some of those boxes um and I feel like now that I'm older it's like I again i feel so confident in who i am and my likes and my dislikes and what i like to do with my time and how do i how do i spend my time who do i spend my time with um but i going into college when i was 17 13 years ago almost yeah. right i couldn't even picture this independent person that i am today like i thought i had independence i thought i was like an independent person and i thought i was like like going to be a badass like woman but I think like there was a turning point in my like mid-20s where I like realized like oh no like you are that person and like I think I started to like really cultivate that and yeah. really, like, nourish that part of me and I'm like like when I was 17 like I don't think I'd be like thinking it was like you know I would be like traveling the world by myself or I would be like you know having this type of career or like, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like I just, maybe I put like, put the bar too low when I was younger, or I just didn't even know that that was an option for me. And now that I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, this
1: feels so right. Like, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I love. That. It's very weird. Yeah. That's amazing though. I remember, I think I remember kind of like you having the evolution of that thought of like, it's me. Like I'm the one I should love in my life before anybody else. Like this is, this is my number one priority is like me and not in a selfish Mm -hmm. weird way, but like in a, um, like a sense of ownership of your life.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And yeah. um, Yeah. I just remember you kind of saying that and owning that, which was beautiful But I also feel like I did not realize because I always thought you were that like independent cool chick. Um, But I guess when you were younger, your idea of like what was ideal for, you know, being an adult, quote unquote, was just something I didn't even realize in you, which was that Mm -hmm. whole like thing about, well, I totally know you wanted to be on Broadway, (laughs) wanted to work at Vogue, which also I find out like when you were saying that, I was like, it's so funny not to like disrespect anyone who does work cut Vogue or work on Broadway, but to have so much drive and motivation to do that, I think to myself now, and I'm like, I'm so curious to understand what has motivated you to that level to be in that role now, you know, because to me, like those things just washed away. I was like, I just don't care anymore about the idea of it as much just like you, like, I think it was just kind of like, wait, that's not at all what I want. Like I, you know, I didn't think of any of the sacrifice involved in that either. Yeah. Um, But also interesting that you had said the whole thing about like being married at 25. Like, I guess that's normal, but I just, for some reason, feel like it sounds so young. Like when I think of it now, I'm like, Oh my God, a baby 25.
0: (laughs) Right. So a child. It's, Ridiculous to think about now. Oh, yeah. like I can't even fathom it. Um, and like no, no shame on anybody who does get married young. Like I think that oh, like yeah. if you find a person a number, like but, like still absolutely agree. But it's just like, yeah, it was something that I definitely like put a little bit more like emphasis on when I was younger, and now I'm kind of like, mm. not that that's not something that I want, but I don't think that I like consume my like day-to-day life with like like the search for that you know what Mm -hmm. I mean because I think that for me it's like I'm trying to cultivate a life that I feel really proud of and that I'm really happy in and it's like that will kind of sort itself out I think yeah because again it's like you're kind of feeling content and happy in your own life and I think it's like then good things will come to you no matter what
1: absolutely um, I know this is an interview about you, but I feel like one of the biggest life lessons, I think, that I've discovered, and I think you have too, we each have kind of in our own way of my 20s, and your 20s is like, when you, like, that whole fucking cheesy quote people say about, like, you need to love yourself first before you love somebody else, it is so true, because I guess so it's true. just like, to me more, what resonates is to say, like, you need to look at yourself to make yourself happy. You can't Mm -hmm. look to somebody else. Right. Um, And that's just like across the board. And I think it's great that you've been able to do that on your own. Cause I think there's a lot of women, even myself, I think in times where like, I um, had to learn that in a hard way where I realized like it wasn't no one else loving me was going to make me love myself more and make me happier more than like the way I could make myself happy. Like you are your first person as a source mm-hmm. of happiness, not anyone else. Yeah. 100%. That's just like everywhere, everywhere in every way. Although it is nice to have people, but you cultivate a bajillion friendships and relationships and everything in your life. And That's something else too. Like I could say all the ways that I think that you're a good friend, but I'm curious to understand, like, what do you do? Like, what's the muscle that you've built that makes you such a good friend? Like, what are these kind of like daily maintenances that you do that like keeps you such a fantastic companion? You know,
0: that's really sweet. And that's a really interesting question. Um, to think about but I think I've been thinking about that even more during quarantine mm-hmm. Um, since we are in quarantine right now because of coronavirus but I think that for me like I I think some friendships are just easier because you're more involved in the day-to-day of people's lives like I have some really solid people that I work with where like those friendships are so easy to man- maintain because like we're living a very similar life like 40, 50 hours a week. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We have the same people we can, you know, like, talk about. We have the same experiences we can talk about. We, like, are, you know, in the same kind of realm. Um, I have other friendships that are easy to maintain because they've always been long distance like especially since graduating from college like there's people who I've stayed friends with who I haven't lived by in a really long time but I think that like because of technology it's been really easy to kind of keep in contact with them um, through like FaceTime and texting and things like that and like keep those relationships like pretty present in my life but I think for me like one thing that I always try to do is like I try to maintain pretty healthy like texting relationships with my friends, which I know texting isn't for everybody but <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you Amy. I know but yeah. I think I think the reason why I have found that that's been a really easy way for me to maintain friendships is because I can text somebody or I can text five people like before going into a meeting about something funny that happened and then if I don't respond within five minutes, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to respond to a text right away but I can create these like multiple strands of conversation and keep those going because like I can sometimes be really attentive to them or sometimes like we can go for a week without texting and then like I can just like reach out and be like hey I was thinking about you. Oh my gosh did you see that really funny thing that happened on you know Tiger King or like SNL or whatever and then like spark up a conversation and maybe it will last for an hour maybe it'll last for four days but then it's like it doesn't take up as much time to maintain it because you can be having multiple conversations at once. I find so... that I'm,
1: I'm like the exact opposite. That to me, when you said I before I go into meeting, I text all these people. I like Not I always do that. I, but you know. I go into, if I'm going to a meeting in five minutes, I'm like, oh, if I have like twenty people in my text, I'm like, I can't respond to them until next week because I've got this meeting I'm gonna go into too <laughs> <laughs> stressed. Yeah, that's like, very stressful to me to text five people no, I get before a meeting.
0: <laughs> but sometimes I do. Like, I don't know why. It's just like it's just what happens. I love it. And like I I also think that because this is a a weird thing to think about, but because I am very like upfront about the things that I like and dislike, like People like within minutes of meeting me typically know like my favorite singers, Justin Timberlake, I love the movie Titanic. Um, like I'm obsessed with Shits Creek. Like I like, you know what I mean? Like people kind of have like some things because it comes up pretty quickly within conversation. Like it's just like part of my day to day. So then I think then what ends up happening is that I like people then can find these like weird connections to talk with me about, so that then like like even people who I haven't talked to in like years, like if something random happens about like Leonardo DiCaprio, like they will message me about it. That's true.
1: They identify all these bizarre things. Like yeah. You. What about chickens? Yeah.
0: Like chickens, but also like I really love peacocks. And yes. do you remember like a few years ago when that person tried to get an emotional peacock onto their airplane? I had like four or five people text message that to me. <laughs> and they're like, Did you get on a flight? And I was
1: like, No. But it's just like so random. You know, you know I what saw I mean? Peacock the other day and I thought of you. I don't know why me? I
0: saw a Peacock in real life. Yeah, that's awesome. I don't know why we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, but... I don't
1: even know where. And I know I wasn't dreaming because it was like Arizona for sure. That's so weird. But yeah, literally every time I see a Peacock, I think of you. Yeah.
0: You know, and there's like certain things. And I feel oh. like I also find those things with other people too so there's like certain things that I really recognize or like identify or like like have connections with certain people in my life so when I see those things I'm like oh let me message them about that like like let me like I don't know put a quick like little love hug in their text I love
1: that and it's super true that that's what it is because I just feel like all of your little texts make people feel like you care like, you just care that they're there. And I
0: do. And I'm not saying that I'm doing these things like, oh, going to go to a meeting, got to text five people. Like, No, no, like I that. know you it's don't. Like, it's, more like, it's more just like, there's things in my life that I think about and I'm like, oh, I want to message that
1: person. See, this is me looping back to how you just always, not in a self-sacrificing way, <clears throat> but you always put others first. Like, you just think of everybody. You're just so thoughtful. I love oh. it. Thank you. So cute. But-
0: I don't think that I've ever been asked that question or really put too much thought about it. And then once I was, once you asked it, now it's like all of these things are coming up in my mind. I'm like,
1: oh yeah, that's totally what happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like I can actually see this play out in your real life.
0: Yeah. Also, I also feel it's like I sound
1: this- like a stalker. I know a lot about you.
0: Ramon texted me a picture today of an sync denim bucket hat and he's like didn't you have one of these <laughs> that's so random too but I just had to tell you that because it was pretty great and I did have an Insink denim bucket hat. oh
1: my god please tell me you still have it I think I do I got it at limited too everything about that is like all the happiness of our youth wrapped up into one thing right yeah oh my I gosh. bought it was a gift card <laughs> uh, yeah not from that money you made from your job at nine. <laughs>
0: right <laughs> Ugh, oh my so gosh good.
1: ashley what this is like that
0: in or that's a blooper yeah
1: i have a whole other question for you okay go please tell me what ashley at 12 years old was wearing as her look at 12
0: what grade are you when you're 12 i think
1: like sixth or seventh grade seventh grade so the most Oof. awkward but you think
0: so, but here's cool. the thing there was a there was a definite switch for me between sixth and seventh oh, grade. Oh boy,
1: I hit a hot spot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're diving in.
0: Sixth grade. Sixth grade Ashley was <laughs> she was great. Um she again loved Limited too. She her favorite color was baby blue because it was Justin Timberlake's favorite
1: oh, color. God. And she
0: thought that if she wore baby blue, then somehow they would be connected.
1: Of course. I could get married when she's twenty five.
0: So embarrassing. Um I, at that point in my life, sync and specifically Justin Timberlake, but sync in general, was what I thought about probably most of the day. And there was like a month of my life in which I had five different sync t-shirts, and I would wear a different one every single day of the week. And then I'd have my mom wash them on the weekend, and I did that for like a whole month.
1: Wow. Didn't you have a shrine of sync? Like your brother yeah.
0: told me that. No, of course I did. It had candles with their faces on it. And I had my concert tickets. I had all their, like, little marionettes. Like, oh yeah. My
1: God. It's like I was voodoo. not playing any,
0: any games. Yeah. It was bizarre. So what
1: did you do um, with that stuff? I don't know. Did you light the candles?
0: Yeah, sometimes. But also my mom was like, uh, let's not light candles in your room. You're 11 years old. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're going to burn the house down.
1: And play with your marionettes. Oh, my God.
0: I was so weird. That stuff's um, probably worth
1: a lot right now. Right? Right. With that bucket so hat. Cute. Put the bucket Oof. on hat on top.
0: In sync in sync bucket hat. Um but yeah, and then like I don't know, I feel like she like had like a, a cute <gasps> little vibe. I wore a lot of like my like my sweatshirts and t shirts from like my dance studio because it was like so cool that I made right. like dance jacket. You know? Yeah. Um so that was kind of like that was the vibe. A lot of limited to, a lot of, like, whatever. So the summer between my, between sixth grade and seventh grade, so I was 11 years old, about to turn 12, was the summer that I went on that student trip to New Zealand and Australia. Oh,
1: my gosh. And you, held My a mom, koala like
0: sent me on a trip. was like, have fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I held a koala, and, like, my life was perfect. Like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. Koalas are my favorite animal. Um, is that peacocks? Well, they're, like – I think that peacocks are so beautiful, you know what they're I mean? They're pretty aggressive, like, though. Yeah, they're not – like, koalas are, like, cuddly, and they, like, eat eucalyptus and get high. Like, it's just, like, so <laughs> – it's just, like – it's hilarious to me. Anyways, um, but – so then when I went into middle school – so like met I feel like when I was like on that trip, I was kind of like, oh, wow, like look at me. Like this is so cool. Like, remember I got all new clothes for my trip and I was like so excited. But when, then when I went to middle school, it's like the whole style changed a little bit. Mm. Um, and it moved into like American Eagle, Abercrombie, oh, boy. shells, oh god, uh, denim skirts,
1: um low waisted pants. Ew. Yeah.
0: And it was just like, that is my style now. Like, this is who I am. Like, I remember there's a store at the mall, and they sold these, like, probably, like, paper-thin cotton, like, zip-up jackets, and they were, like, kind of tight, and I had them in, like, so many colors. I was like, this is everything. And I got, like, K-Swiss and Adidas, and I thought I was so cool. Oh,
1: my God. Embarrassing. I just remembered from what you said with the zip-up jacket things, I remember, like, Vanessa my sister having like these fitted zip up jackets and I'd like put them yep. on and felt like so cool and now I'm like I would I would I would I can't believe that we wore fitted jackets like what the I fuck? would never never million years also what is the style of wearing puka shells with like studded or like whole like belts with like holes in them oh
0: absolutely them? like yeah I definitely what, who that. the
1: fuck mm-hmm. decided those should go together I don't know so ugly I have no idea did you wear eyeliner on the inside of your eye absolutely (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. did you have a
1: chunky highlight
0: no I didn't I didn't start dyeing my hair until
1: I was a a few years ago yeah that's right and you went blonde I like makes sense yeah so perfect yeah right oh my god I Um, wish I would have known you then I would not have been as cool I did not wear as much cool clothes I definitely like substituted a lot of um like target in there target for oh, life. yeah,
0: no totally but I think it was like I would definitely find like the the cool the cool clothes to like fit in like I had this shirt when I was like in eighth grade from Hollister oh, and boy. it said my mom warned me about California boys why why did <laughs> I own that and it was like my favorite shirt I wore it blue? all the time oh, also another thing that's like really very important to note is that I definitely already had boobs at this point because I got boobs very young so it's like all these like cute little like camisole tank tops that everybody is wearing like I couldn't wear those like they're like oh a built in bra like what is that (laughs) that's not real
1: what is that paper (laughs) right yeah I think
0: that also was like a weird thing no that was for me my little
1: mosquito bites yeah no not I um so great but yeah wow Love it, mm-hmm. love it. Thank you for explaining, little Ashley. Oh, she was great. So perfect. Limited too. Love it. So great. Okay, I'm gonna just dive back into one more heavy question. Yeah, and we'll go to fun stuff again. So, my question is: I know that you have been through a lot of crazy shit in your life and mm-hmm. anyone else in this world who I think could have been dealt this hand of cards could be a really fucking miserable, shitty, awful person um, because when you lose your father and your grandparents who you were raised with very dear to you and your stepfather, who you grew to love, I imagine that that would make you a very callous and cold person like that would make someone to me, me I think of myself I'd turn into a I would mm-hmm. just be like fuck the world I fucking hate all of this like everyone sucks but I don't feel like you have that mentality you're so strong and you still bring so much light and joy into your life and to other people's lives and I n- imagine that there has to be some things that you've done to really try to cultivate that within yourself. Like so what what have you done? Maybe you can even just speak to like if anyone who's listening is mourning the loss of someone. Like, how have you dealt with that? And then on top of that, so it's like a twofold question. Yeah. How do you like if I'm someone who, you know, is friends with someone who's mourning, how would I, what's the best way to respond to that? Like, how do you treat mm-hmm. them in a way that they feel loved and cared for and not smothered? And, you know, like, what do you do? That is a really good question as well. Um,
0: so first of all, I have to say there are definitely moments when I'm like, fuck all of this. This is so fucking stupid. I can't believe this is the mm-hmm. shitty ass like hand of cards I've been dealt. Um, my mom and my brothers and I talk about that frequently that like every once in a while you have one of those days where you're just like, like, it weirdly hits you, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is absolute bullshit. Like, this is so ridiculous. Like, one family should not have to be put up with all of this. Um, It's really hard. So, I know that sometimes it's it's, it's easy to be like, yeah, like, actually, it's so strong, and da-da-da. But it's like, I also think that, like, part of that strength comes from having those moments of clarity where you're like, this is fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Like this is ridiculous. And you have to be kind to yourself and you have to say like, this is really stupid, but it's also not something that I can change and I can't do anything about it. So the only thing that I can change is my reaction to all of this. And I think that for me, my biggest strength always has been thinking about, the people that I've lost and when I'm having those like really hard moments um thinking about like what they would say to me but also like wanting to make sure that I'm honoring them by like living the most like impactful and important and um you know kind fulfilling life that I can because I know that that's what they would like want me to do but also what they would expect me to do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't want me to like just be like fuck all of this like I'm just gonna like do dumb shit because like that is something that you could do like you could go down a really scary rabbit hole um but there's so much of them that is still a part of me like every single day And the lessons that they've taught me and the lessons that I've, like, gained from these experiences, like, would almost – it would almost be, like, doing them a disservice if I just, like, kind of gave up and, like, didn't, you know, take everything that they've taught me and still apply it to my day-to-day life.
1: And That's beautiful.
0: I think that it's, like – it's one of the healthiest ways that you can think about it. And I think it's one of the most – it's the – losing a parent is the hardest like one of the hardest things you'll ever have to go through like and everybody will have to go through it at some point which is like really sad to think about but it's true right and it's really hard but it's it's you know it's about keeping their keeping them as a part of you and like moving forward and not moving on like you're not moving on from it it's a part of you forever so you're just moving forward with your life and taking those Experiences those hardships and like those things that you've been through, and like you know, you can't change what happened to you, so it's just kind of about figuring out how to make it a part of who you are moving forward and hopefully creating that in a positive way versus the negative way. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that for me, like one thing that I've found to be really helpful is you know, definitely it's like talking about it's always very helpful like if you can find a therapist that you want to connect with or friends you want to connect with or things like that but also it's okay to like do reflection on your own because I think it's really important too to like give yourself the space to kind of like sift through everything um whether you want to like write about it or you just like think about it or you're listening to music or you like you know like are reading a book and like a passage really connects with you. Like, I think it's okay to like revisit those things every once in a while and like remind yourself like those feelings that you had are valid um, and like figure out ways that you can kind of like connect with it. Like I was reading a book recently and there was a passage in it about like one of the characters had lost a parent and they were describing it. And I was like, I have never felt I've never heard somebody describe it or like I've never read somebody describing it in that way. And I was like, "This is exactly how I feel." Wow! And it's one of those things where I was like, I've like bookmarked it and I've like highlighted it, which I like rarely ever do. But I was like, "This is so important." So that like days when I'm feeling kind of like alone in my feelings, I'm like, I can turn to that and be like, "Okay, this is like a real thing. Like it's okay to feel those things." Mm-hmm. Um. So for the second part of your question, um, I think that if you are a friend of somebody who is going through like a loss or a, a significant loss in their life. I think that you have to kind of take that person and kind of think about, you know, not only think about your relationship with them, but think about them as an individual and kind of what, what they would typically need from you. Like if they're the type of person who's typically a little bit more like to themselves they probably don't want people coming over to them and like talking to them constantly Mm -hmm. um i'm very much the type of person where i'm incredibly extroverted and i need people around me all the time so like having people around after you know some of these bigger events happened like that was i needed that and i was vocal about that with people i was like i need you to be here i need you to like you know, show up. Like, I need this from you. Um, and not everybody needs like is gonna need that or want that. Um, but I think if you're a friend of somebody who's going through something, I think, you know, checking in with them to see what you can do is really important. Like give them the space to kind of let you know what they need. But also I think like there's little gestures that you can do that just like make a huge impact, like writing that person a letter or giving them like a care package or sending them food. Like I have people who I'm, I don't even know very well who are like friends of friends who like sent me like little face masks or like bath bombs or like little like cards. And it was like, so sweet. It's like, I don't even really know these people, but like the fact that they just kind of like did a little something extra just to show that I was like, that they were thinking of me was so incredibly powerful during that time. And something that I will never, like, hopefully I can pay back in the future. Um, mm-hmm. but it's like, that's something that's really important. But I think just letting your friends know that you're there to listen if they need, because another thing that happens when you're losing somebody or you're in a really shitty situation, um, is that you aren't always in the mindset to talk about it, but then every once in a while you will just like, it'll be like word vomit. Like all of a sudden you'll just start talking and you almost feel like you won't ever stop talking about it. Mm Um, And just letting your friends know that, like, if you need that, like, just I'll be there and um, make that a priority for, like, especially the first while, but then also, like, continue to check in with them for the first, like, six months to a year because like the first year after losing somebody is like the hardest thing you'll ever go through because not only did you lose that person, but then every day is such like a constant reminder and every big holiday and birthday and um anniversary is like this constant reminder that they're not here and you're still in that adjustment period, which can be really tough. So continue to reach out to your friends because you really don't know kind of where they're at.
1: Yeah. I remember. Thank you for explaining it. Cause I remember you saying, um, that that's, that's something that's like tricky that you've seen could of repeatedly happen is, you know, the first like month after someone passes, everyone is so conscious of it that they are usually very present and very mm-hmm. like, helpful and great, but it's also kind of a weird juxtaposition because at that same time, you're not really able to experience the reality of life without that person because you're living in this kind of like the for lack of a better term like the like the weird like I don't know excitement's not the word that I'm looking for but like it's
0: like a weird bubble yeah first while because all of your people who you really care about and who you love are like just there constantly right like I had friends like flying in who I hadn't seen in like months and I was just like, so it was like weird because I was like almost just like excited to see them. Um, so you're in a weird bubble for a while. And then it's like
1: after that though, that's when like you really need to like step up when life just settles back into itself. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely.
0: That's the time to really check in with them and like do something nice for them. I think like for the first while it's, Everything's really overwhelming. There's so many people. There's so much going on. But like, give it a few months. Give it like, you know, a few months, and then reach out to them. And be like, I'd love to take you out to dinner tonight. Like, let's just get together. Because another thing that's really hard is that person's probably, and sometimes can be feel it can feel very isolating, going through that type of thing because there's not really that many people who fully. From end to end, really understood what happened, like who aren't really like there or really present for that, or like it's really hard to like explain a lot of it to people because it's so dark mm-hmm. and it's so deep, and it's hard to even talk about because it's just like it's a lot. So I think like just talk like reaching out to a friend and being like, let me take you to dinner and a movie, is like such a nice like welcomed distraction but also just like a nice gesture to kind of get that person like out and about. So that's also something I really recommend doing.
1: I love that. Hopefully I took you out.
0: You did. Okay. Definitely.
1: Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with us. I feel like that's a really heavy topic and I imagine it's not fun to even talk about, but I feel like you're, you know, you have learned through the experiences that you've had, how to cope, in the best way that you can and I just as much as I hate that like you've gained that experience it's wonderful that you can share with others hopefully in a way that makes them feel like they're not alone and that they have like clarity in that but aside from that now I'm gonna go completely like rearing off in a very different direction and ask you the very necessary weird questions that we ask at the end of all of these interviews I love it I'm so excited Yes, it is so great. So first things first, how do you feel about Target? Everything. Literally,
0: I feel everything about Target. I love Target so much. Sometimes if I'm feeling sad or stressed, sometimes people will just be like, Ashley, I think you need to go to Target. And I'm like, you're right. And I go to Target and just walk around and it feels nice. Like I feel better. I get that. Everybody at work knows how much I love Target. Like, it's like this weird running joke now at my job. Um, I also have a ranking of the different Targets in my area, like which ones are better than others. Um, oh my God. I just love Target, I really do. I was on target.com earlier today looking at shoes because, yeah, right now it's buy one, get one 50% off.
1: What for sandals? Oh, just sandals, yeah. Oh, um. On the Target, what's it called now? Cartwheel app? Uh Uh-huh. Celery, bagged celery. (laughs) 50% off. I just thought I'd share that with you. Thank you so much. That and like randomly like iceberg lettuce and asparagus from Gather or whatever it's called. Good and Gather, yeah. There we go. Good and Gather. See, this coronavirus stuff is ruining my life. I can't understand and remember my brands at Target. Anyway, um, there's just a lot of good stuff on sale right now, though, if you're willing to risk your life. To... <laughs> right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which I did not this past weekend, but the weekend before that. Me, too. Oh, I, don't know. I wore gloves, and I wore a mask.
0: Yeah, I wore a mask. I didn't wear gloves, but I had on, like, a sweatshirt that had, like, longer arms, you know? So I just kind of, like, picked things your up with my protected. sweatshirt.
1: Oh, there you go. And
0: then I, when I came home, I, like, wiped down everything that I bought with Clorox wipes
1: nice very nice yeah i get this that target is an amazing place it's everything it is so great i would much rather go to target than the grocery store and i'm so glad it's considered essential also have you heard that they're not letting target um sell some targets can't sell non-essential things really yeah like in some states they're not letting them sell anything that's considered non-essential and i'm like that sounds like the most depressing Target experience of my goddamn life. That's so weird. Does that mean they just don't have it on the shelves? Like they just completely no, they, it?
0: No, it's probably there, but they or maybe they just have a certain section like section off.
1: Oh god. Yeah, that's awful. That's yeah. I don't want Target all the way or no way at all. It's just yeah, when it's not everything. Agreed. Okay. Next question. This one, you have to think real hard. About oh, God. Product. So, would you rather have to buy every single thing at Walmart like your groceries, your prescriptions, your makeup, your housing decorations, your gardening stuff, your auto stuff? I'm literally like walking around Walmart right now thinking of all the departments, your laundry basket. <laughs> okay that's specific (laughs) they don't have cute ones I thought they would have some decent ones but they're not anyway um and then you could buy all your clothes wherever you wanted for the rest of your life
0: and that's including shoes and purses right
1: yes like anything that goes on you that's not like you know your neck and below okay well not including jewelry um that you can buy anywhere. So everything else you have to buy at Walmart, though. Or the opposite, where you can buy anything you want, like groceries, makeup, house, housing goods, I don't know, gardening stuff, whatever else people buy. I'm missing probably some very critical ingredients to life. <laughs> um, but you have to buy all of your clothes and accessories at Kohl's okay. for the rest of your life. Okay, so here's the thing. Very stressful situation. It's
0: very stressful for me to think about. I also think every time we interview somebody and we ask this question, I get stressed by it.
1: So you sigh for them.
0: I do. So Kohl's has great options when it comes to clothing. Like the Lauren Conrad line is fantastic. Pop Sugar has a line there. Fantastic. What? I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. However, weird. I just. i just don't think i can do it i think i have to buy my clothes from other places and then i can buy everything else at walmart because i feel like what i could do is with the walmart things i could like do walmart hacks and things like that and like make things look cute or you can just buy very basic almost like bland things and then like just figure it out with accessories or like plants and shit like that you know like you could figure it out if you need to um i could probably figure out some like cool like hacks when it comes to like skincare and things like that. You know, like mm-hmm. use a lot of like apple cider vinegar masks on my face <laughs> and like things like that. Um and like I could just buy like, you know, like would I be sad that I can't go to like farmers market? Like yeah. But like if I could Walmart's
1: just like that, that What are you talking about?
0: Right? But like if I couldn't get like if I couldn't go to I don't know. I just I don't know. It just makes me feel stressed.
1: You know, I think you could do it. I feel like Walmart also has, like, a very um, robust craft section. So if you really wanted to, you could craft anything out of it. You gotta yeah, like, craft I your house. I feel like I could house. probably
0: figure it out. Like, I could do it and, like, figure it out. And then, like, I just like I couldn't give up, like, all of the cute clothes and, like, things like that. And I don't know. From other it. places.
1: Yeah. That's my answer. Okay. Oh, Stressful to think about. Okay, well, we'll we'll move along. Thank you. Um, you have to have an illegal job. It cannot be legal in any capacity. What would it be?
0: I would be a Madame and I would own a brothel.
1: 100 yeah. percent Of course. Yeah. That
0: would be it. I feel like I would own this like really classy, kind of badass like brothel. I think I honestly just feel like I want to like create. And like a legal version of like the Moulin Rouge, but like here, you know what I mean? It's like very oh like God. fancy and like ridiculous and like over the top, just like me, but like it would be a brothel.
1: That's fantastic, but it's like and I very, think you like, would maintain it very well, right? I think so too. Lots good. of good clients. Lots yeah. of good. Uh, what are they called? I don't want to call them prostitutes,
0: sex workers.
1: Lots of good sex workers. Yeah, totally could see it. Yeah, same. I think I would thrive, weirdly, but I think I would. Oh, yeah, I think you would thrive for sure. Um, okay, um, final question is, what is, because this is called In Her Shoes, what is your signature shoe?
0: So... I think it depends on my mood, but I think if I'm in a more casual mood, I'm always going for, like, a low-top white Converse. Like, I think it just is a classic and goes with everything. Um, I think that's just kind of, like, a go-to in my life. But I think that more of, like, an Ashley signature shoe is, like, I have this pair of, um like, pink suede Kate Spade heels that have, like, a little pearl on them. Like at the like you like have this cute little like, little bow and has a pearl, and like it's one of those shoes where it's like I don't I don't even know if I've worn them yet because I haven't had a need. I have more. not seen those now, um. But they're so I like bought them within the past like couple of months, but oh. like I but and then it was like winter times and it just didn't fit with like the like weather you know, mm-hmm. um. But now that it's springtime
1: and I'm trapped inside, I feel like I'll wear them all the time. <laughs> Um, we but, look at you now. You have your shoes on. You're wearing your like athleisure, right? With my like fancy shoes, but <laughs> it's they're so Ashley. Like they're
0: pulled together. They're pink. They're just so cute, and I love them. Um, so I would say that. that's more of like my signature. Um, of like if you had to put Ashley into a shoe, that's what it would be. Totally. Um, so
1: yeah. Perfectly, you, like classy, refined, but very subtly feminist. Yes. Or wait, not feminist, feminine. Yeah. Yeah, feminist. too. I and guess feminist? That. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with it. Yeah. Well, thank you. I loved thank talking you. to you and exploring your brain, and of course, hearing yeah. your innermost thoughts and just like walking through the woman that you are today makes me proud.
0: Oh, tear to my eyes i know right it's like so much fun like i'm so happy that we did the first two with just the two of us because i feel like it gave us like some good good chatting talking points um but i just love you so much
1: i'm looking forward to knowing that every single time we ask people about the walmart coles question you're going to be internally stressed
0: yeah it makes me feel really
1: overwhelmed (laughs) i'm not gonna lie
0: and on that note (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much